I did. Nice. I did. I, I can't hear your clap. No, it's okay. Alright, so, uh, we have a podcast. Uh, I don't know who watches it, but we have one. It's out there on the Ethernet. Um, if you're hearing this right now, yeah. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Bro, you gotta find a character for that voice. That dis- Ugh, I'm just done. I am just disgusted with this entire situation. Filthy black creature. <laughs> Disgusting black creatures. Whoa. <laughs> This is GameCube. This is Nintendo. Yeah. Your name is Don't Shadow. Shoot. This man is not black. <laughs> I'm no black. Hilarious. I'm Dominican. Oh, okay. I'm Dominican. Okay. I'm Dominican. Yeah, okay. Okay. You, okay. you share an island with Haitians who definitely... Oh, never mind. Hey, don't worry about That's... it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> You're asking too many questions. You're asking too many questions, bro. How are you? How are you doing on this marvelous and fine day? I am okay, Sam. I have a job. Wow. Yeah. Congrats. <laughs> I have a fucking congrats. job. Um, I know you hate that, but congrats. I do hate it. I do. Um, I know you do. It's just um, a little bit of money right now. I'm still waiting to hear if I got that salary position, that big money. But, uh, you know... I'm not gonna see it. I'm not gonna tell anyone where they can find me in case they hate my uh, opinions on movies. But um, yeah, I'm at a front desk at a uh, nice. at a uh, county pool, and uh, nice. I have to deal with old white people all damn day long. And how's that treating you? It is the worst. They mm. are all Karens. They oh yeah, of course they are. They they're super entitled. They do nothing but complain. They ask the dumbest, most remedial questions. I can't. It's not my job to know. How how deep is the leisure pool? I can't tell you that, ma'am. It's my fourth day. Uh, <laughs> what temperature is the water, ma'am? I could not. The lifeguard, the the operation manager, can tell you that. Uh, when can I register for the? Get out of my face. Get out of my face. <laughs> please, this is not, please stop. The question, I know I'm at the front desk, but my job title is cashier. It is not my job <laughs> to know. <laughs> it is not my job to know these questions, okay? You want me to you gotta, call? Next time you go in there, you got to be like, when they ask you a question, you just got to be like, do you have a card? <laughs> Are you purchasing something? Yeah. Yeah. Exa- if not, find someone else. Yeah. I just make sure you scan find your card. Else. If you don't have a card, I make sure you pay. That's all I do. And I'm a, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm a seasonal employee, like I'm not even an mm. official, like year long year round. Like I'm a temp. Mm-hmm. It's a temp. I'm a temp, but um, yeah, I have a job. I'll yeah, I'll be making some money again. Um, Big grits. Um, little little shameless free plug for AMC theaters. Uh, man, October was anxiety inducing. All the movies that got, that got pushed back for like 15 months landed in October. Mm-hmm. And mm. trying to catch all of them has been damn near impossible. Um, so now would be a good time for me to upgrade from my premium uh, stubs membership to the A-list, which gives you like access to three free movies a week. Um, wow. Yeah, so that would have been helpful this week to see The French Dispatch by um, Wes Anderson, uh, The Last Duel by Ridley Scott, and I am seeing... Uh, Last Night in Soho tomorrow by Edgar Wright, um, the guy who gave us uh, um, um, Scott Pilgrim and Baby Driver. Uh, I know some of those names. Yeah, 
Yeah, like Scott Scott Pilgrim is is what we call a cult classic. Like when it came out, it had a very niche specific audience that loved it, and no mm-hmm. one else really saw it. You watch that movie today, yep. it, it is. I, I don't want to call it a masterpiece because that word is thrown around it's thrown around a lot, but it is one of the most original, like invigorating, just fresh air like i love edgar wright he is it holds up really well it really holds up it does hold up really and well. like you see the cast and like like seeing brie larson and knowing where she is today mary elizabeth winstead where yeah she there's is a today. lot of stars yeah in that movie. <laughs> there's a lot of stars there in that are a lot, movie. like now that i'm looking back there are a lot of stars in that film yeah oh. but um there's also How a lot of stars that? in dune um uh denis villeneuve uh love that guy massive fan um, I haven't okay. seen I haven't seen his first film, Incendiaries, but um, okay. I've seen parts of Sicario, really thrilling. I Blade Runner twenty forty nine is one of my favorite films of all time. I really enjoyed Arrival, and uh, when I found out he was doing he did Arrival, he did Arrival. If you like Arrival, that's Denis Villeneuve. Oh, yeah. Arrival was a really good movie, really like, good, a really good movie that I just watched like on the spur of it, like just like. Uh. Arrival, huh? I'll check this out. Yeah, so There's like, Hawkeye in it. So, exactly. So like, when Dune was announced, I was like, okay, it's Dune, it's Denis Villeneuve. I need to go back. So I I went back. Um, thanks to Sam. Uh, I um and his Amazon Prime, uh, Prime Video. I watched uh, Arrival. Loved it. Um, Amy Adams, Clint, not Clint. <laughs> uh, uh, Jeremy <laughs> Renner. <laughs> I said, <laughs> Jeremy Renner. Yeah, that movie's amazing. Um, and then, so yeah, I watched the uh, 1984 Dune with uh, David Lynch. That movie's, uh, like, I have nothing but love and respect for the uh, Ultimate Movie Account. Shout out to that guy. Love him. Um, but, uh, yeah, 1984's Dune. It's super dated and just looks and feels old in a way that the original Star Wars trilogy and the original Blade Runner just don't. Like, the original mm-hmm. Dune, you can find it on HBO Max. The costume design, the the, the patchy orange wigs for the Harkonnens, uh, the over-the-top acting, like, like oh my gosh. In the 1984 film, when Duke Leto Atreides dies, the, the father, the house of, the leader of House Atreides, when he dies, the wife, um, Lady Jessica, who's a Bene Gesserit, uh, a, a member of this clan of witches, she goes, in the movie, she goes, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. And like, it's this super <laughs> over the top Arthurian Shakespearean cry. And her arms are in the, like, flailingly in the air. And her hair looks ridiculous. And her son, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Paul is just sitting there with this nonchalant blank expression. Like, fam, what is this? Like, in the new version, when they sense his death, it's a quiet, somber, uh, mournful moment. You know, she's not flailing, going crazy. She's just hyperventilating, streaming tears. She knows what happened and she just, she's sad, you know? Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, I really enjoyed um, this this movie. I really enjoyed Dune. Uh, I knew that Denis Villeneuve could do for Dune what he did for Blade Runner. He would, he would understand mm-hmm. the assignment and he would just give this older film essentially a facelift. Uh, he made it look yeah. modern. Uh, he made it look, um, for lack of, lack of a better term, cool. Uh, crisp. It's not Roger Deakins. I forget who uh, who did the cinematography, but uh, it's still like visually. I did not see it in IMAX. My last IMAX experience was uh, the Suicide Squad because I listened to James Gunn, 
it was blaring noise. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Starro, the Conqueror, looked amazing in IMAX, no, no, no denying, mm-hmm. but uh, it was blaring noise. And Yeah, so yeah, go ahead. the one, uh, I did watch uh, this one YouTuber I really like, I'm always going to plug him, uh, Cosmonaut, Cosmonaut Picture Show, mm-hmm. uh, Cosmonaut Marcus, he's cool. I like his, uh, his style of review, which is funny because, little backstory, when I first started listening to his channel, I hated him. <laughs> okay. He's, he had some opinion that I was like, ah, oh, you suck, dude. But he was able to structure it and argue it in a way where I was like, yeah, you suck. But you're all right. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch another video, I guess. <laughs> and then I ended up being like, yeah, no, this guy's this guy's all right. He gets it. He gets it. And I watched his Dune. He's, he's a Dune head. He loves Dune the way you love Star Wars. Nice. He has been talking about the Dune agenda ever since this movie has been announced <laughs> and how he he's pushing it to everyone he knows and loves and all this other stuff. So he reviewed he did a quickie for the uh, the the movie. Mm-hmm. That's uh his his on his channel his quickie videos are just a video where he reviews a movie in 4 to 5 minutes and you know doesn't really spend time dissecting it. So he did a quickie for Dune and he mentioned two things that really make me laugh. Mm-hmm because i was rewatching dune before uh, we hopped on here and he points out like the characters in this movie touch each other a lot yeah <laughs> like they just touch each other like they'll walk up to each other and like pat on the shoulder or rub the back or touch the face real quick but they touch each other a lot mm-hmm. for some reason which is hilarious to me and then the other thing that he mentioned was oh my god my memory it was tied to what you were saying what did he say what did he say fudge man what were you saying me yes you uh <laughs> um I'm, it, you said something that made me want to bring it up but i can't remember oh dang what did i say it's fine just just just, just keep continuing continue um so yeah uh, it'll come back so yeah um again a lot of people in a really good movie uh timothy Chalamet. oh that's what it was yeah go ahead imax imax he said IMAX. that dune in imax was worth it for the voice hits super different in IMAX is what he said. Oh yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, because like even in um in a, like a standard nice screen, like the the, the AMC by my house, I it's it's mm-hmm. convenient, but um for like the theater experience, it doesn't like not every auditorium has it. Like some of the auditoriums are smaller, which I like. The small ones. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels like an intimate screening sometimes, unless it's packed and like kids are talking. But um, yeah, the one by your house, um, that AMC is always empty. Oh yeah, but like every auditorium is a big auditorium. Um, the screens are yeah. the screens. It was are one of the first. Uh, it was one of the first ones they remade. Yeah. back in the day. Yeah, yeah for real. One... Yeah, I remember it was a, yeah. it was a big deal when they announced, "Hey, check out our new seats," and like you can. Uh... And I remember being pissed that summer because I'm like, "Damn, niggas can't even watch movies!" Like. That's crazy. They shut the whole thing down. Yeah. It was closed for like half a year. I was like, damn, this. Yeah. This kind of sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sucks. But, um, but yeah, like, I can only imagine, um, like, the voice, Hans Zimmer's score, like, uh, yeah. I guess this is obviously full spoilers. Um, when, you know, so, so, so Dune. Wait, 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 yeah, wait, wait. Go wait. Ahead. Before we get into spoilers. Yeah. Before we get into spoilers. Yeah, go ahead. Let's, 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 let's. I don't want to jump right into spoilers. Okay. Uh, let's uh, tell me what, what do you what did you, or let me give my opinion on this movie. Yeah, go ahead. To the people who haven't seen it and are curious, and if you are, go watch it. Skip ahead. What have you? Do what you need to do. 
this movie, I think the biggest issue, not issue, but the the, the biggest hurdle for the movie, and I say this because I literally just scrolled on Twitter and saw someone be like, this Dune movie is confusing as fuck. Mm-hmm. This movie suffers from having to set up so much in so little time. Yeah. That makes, it makes me feel like maybe Dune should be a TV show. Mm. With, uh, maybe Dune should be a TV show. With, 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 you know, streaming, especially with Disney Plus, with uh, Star Wars television, MCU television, like mm-hmm. streaming is the way to go for, for long form storytelling. Yeah, because for me, like my thing about Dune, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what I've heard from other people who are not as willing to pay attention to movies, especially slow, quiet movies like this one. Mm-hmm. Is that all the people I know who don't watch movies, who are not into movies, who don't like to go and see movies, and they kind of just kind of find a, a a blockbuster to go see, you know? Mm-hmm. The, everyone that I've talked to is like, I don't know what that movie was, because every dune is to me which it was refreshing but dune is just so new yeah even though it's old i know it's old i know yeah but it's a world we've never heard of yeah the climate that doesn't work the way that other desert climates do with like you have to walk a certain way in the desert just to not die (laughs) you know like every second of this world is brand new and because of that they have to spend so much time explaining that you know Mm -hmm. and People are not good with exposition. Yeah. I remember when I was taking writing classes, one of the things that they were so focused on hammering on is try your best to hide your exposition, right? Because if people feel like they're being exposited to, they're going to stop paying attention. Mm-hmm. But this movie is so dense where you have the clan. Like I'm watching it and on my second rewatch, I'm like, I didn't even notice that. Like I didn't even know that Like this character and this character were the same people. Just because, like, maybe I was, like, I looked down to take a drink or something, but I just missed them. I heard them talk, but I didn't know that it was them who said it. But this movie is so dense with characters and clans and politics, and it just drops you into the middle of it, you know? Yeah. It literally feels like you're starting this movie in the middle of the story. All of the characters already know each other. You just don't know them. All the characters are familiar with each other. You just haven't met them yet, you know? And I feel like the biggest flaw of this movie is that it you always feel like an outsider. It wasn't until that I rewatched it that I felt that, like, hey, I know what's going on here. I understand the flow of things right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's a necessary evil. Because if they didn't do that, the next few movies would be abysmal. Yeah. They would be terrible. Yeah. And so I, I get it. But damn, it kind of sucks that it it has to be so exposition heavy. Yeah. And I remember like spoilers or slight spoilers, but people remarking that they just didn't like the way the movie ended. Mm -hmm. It felt anticlimactic to them. And I understand that because it was not the way that a big bombastic movie like that would would end, in my opinion. Yeah. It ends on a very quiet and soft note. But just going back to my TV point, I just feel like as great as the visuals were for this movie, Mm -hmm. they didn't need to be that good, if that makes sense. Like, (laughs) most of it 
most of this movie is people just sitting and talking or walking and talking you know like we get these expensive shots of space we get these expensive like vistas across the planet like uh the the planet that uh house atreides starts on mm-hmm. there's a whole shot where you see this beautiful like cliffside into the ocean and i'm like this is really nice but it's not necessary mm-hmm. you know like the the budget was well spent but this could i feel like on a smaller scale this would have been a lot more digestible for people mm-hmm. so like, and also i uh, maybe i'm go ahead so like for you is it is it the visuals or like the all the, all, the, all the locations they use? Because Denis just makes good looking movies. Like he'll never make an ugly like a. It's a cinematography. No, no, that's what I'm, always I'm, I'm saying. Like, yeah, this movie is gorgeous. Yeah. This movie looks amazing, right? But I think the story of Dune does not need to look amazing. If you get what I'm saying, like, you could have taken fifty million off of this movie's budget, and it still would have ended up the same way that it is mm-hmm. now it just would look slightly less pretty you know what i mean like because what is it called Sar- sarcosis Sar- Sar- sarcasis what what the sand planet arrakis arrakis yes arrakis is literally just sand yeah <laughs> that's it it's just sand Sand and rocks and like seeing like because like the deep like because don't get me wrong i am not saying the detail is a bad thing i'm just talking about more so for the sake of plot and moving the story forward. I feel like a episodic TV format would be better just because it'll give people more time to stew in the world. Cause I feel like a lot of people go into movies and they don't really want to pay it. They don't, not that they don't want to pay attention, but they're kind of just watching. Yeah. They're not immersing themselves or anything. They're just watching. They might have their phone out. They might be talking to people, what have you, but this movie requires your attention. Absolutely. Which is not a, which again is not a bad thing, but when you're trying to go for a long running series, that's going to depend on sales. I, I'm, I know part two was announced already, but I'm afraid of just lack of viewer activity, Mm -hmm. possibly causing troubles down the line, you know? Yeah. That's my biggest fear because I want to see the story all the way through. I've already went and I have bought the audiobooks because I am very interested in the world now. Yeah. I think it's really cool. I have so many, uh, like the different houses and house. Uh, what is it? Harkin. Harkin? So in the original, in the original nineteen eighty four film, they said Harkonnen, which I think sounds more menacing with the hard K O. In this uh-huh. film, they say Harkonnen. Harkonnen. I'm yeah. like, okay, it doesn't sound as as badass, but sure, Harkonnen. Um. Yeah, like it is very dense, and there's a lot of lore. Um, there are there are uh, militant families, House Atreides, House Harkonnen. There's the, there's the voice that that can that can that the uh, the Bene Gesserit, this clan of witches who are kind of intertwined with all the politics, but still have their own agenda. Yeah, um, they're they're the puppet. Yeah, the puppet masters. They are definitely the puppet masters. Um, it feels like um, there's the voice that kind of feels like. The Force, uh, Paul Atreides kind of feels like Luke and Frodo put together. Um, uh, just the politics, the backstabbing. It's very Shakespearean. It's very, it's very Game of Thrones. Um, and that's mm-hmm. that's all I put in my in my in, in my review. Um, uh, yeah, I just I I love. And again, 
the original books for Dune came out in the '60s before Star Wars. So people who people who are saying, "Yeah, oh, Dune, exactly. Dune is copying Star Wars." No, no, no. George Lucas got inspired by Dune, and and Kurosawa and Flash Gordon and all those westerns. There's a lot of things that inspired Star Wars, and you can and you can see that in in, in Dune. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like um, uh, and like the Fremen, like the the indigenous people of arrakis mm-hmm. and how their overexposure to the spice has given them their uh their their uh, characteristic blue eyes um mm-hmm. and you know uh and you know um uh, oscar isaac is like you know this is a big opportunity for us you know harkonnens have had um control of spice production on arrakis for 80 years and now the emperor's calling yeah. calling them off and giving it to us he is setting up uh, a stage for a war and he knew that yeah because he's not an idiot he just didn't know yep. how soon it was gonna be a war and it happened yeah mm-hmm. um it is heartbreaking you know i saw the first movie before i saw the original before i saw this one mm-hmm. so i knew based on who was playing who who was gonna die um yeah. you know i love oscar isaac i love jason momoa um i was not looking forward to seeing them go out but when it did it still got me um I think as as far as presence goes, um, Jason Momoa stood out to me as Duncan Idaho. Um, that name is so fucking stupid. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Duncan Idaho is Duncan the best character Idaho. ever created. Duncan Idaho. Yeah. What a fucking guy. It's what a name. The, Duncan Idaho. The year is hilarious. The year is ten thousand one hundred ninety-one, and we yeah. have Gurney Halleck and Duke Leto Atreides. And Duncan Idaho, and Paul. <laughs> Duncan Idaho and Paul. No, but like the name. See, so this is the thing that someone told me a long time ago, and it's you know how good your name is if people call you by your full name. Yeah. <laughs> no one in this movie ever calls him Duncan. He is Duncan Idaho. Yeah. Every time someone is talking about him, because goddamn it, he's Duncan. I- that name is so fucking stupid. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Duncan Idaho. Amazing. Amazing. And like, and like, um, even though House Atreides had the smaller army comparatively, they had the stronger army because they were trained by the best. They were trained by Duncan Idaho and Gurney Halleck, and um, yeah. and uh, David Asmalchen plays. Uh, I forget who he, uh, he plays. One of the Baron's lackeys. Um, he's explaining to the Emperor's army why I need your help because this is clone troopers versus stormtroopers. You put. 200 stormtroopers against 100 clone troopers the clones are going to win you were mm-hmm. the, the stormtroopers were trained for war the clone troopers were bred for war they are designed for war they are designed like genetically to be soldiers which yeah. is why they're superior house of trade literally made from yeah. one of the best people in the galaxy yeah. <laughs> you know like house of trades are the clone troopers like we saw them get ambushed, like some Naruto type shit. Like they're the le- they're the leaf village, and the sound and sand came to ambush them. Um, it's like it's like a, a few like twelve like a few a, a, lo- a thin line of a, of Atreides soldiers defending the staircase. They wipe out the first wave of, of Harkonnens with ease, and then they get ba- stabbed in the back by um by the Emperor's people. It's like they're vastly outnumbered because that's the only way they were gonna win because House House Atreides yeah. is that strong. And I love the politics. I love the jealousy of the emperor. He's the emperor. He is. He's the ruler. Everyone should turn to him for guidance. But they all turn to House Atreides, and that makes yeah. them upset. 
So I want you guys He's jealous. Yeah, so jealous he wants them murked. Like like on some Game of Thrones um uh red wedding type shit. I want them all dead. Yeah. And it should be me that you're praying. Yeah, to. and the Baron is like, Yeah, I'm down. Uh this is my dune. Uh fuck that shit. Um Oh man, what what else? Um oh let's talk about Zendaya real quick. Um she is a big part of the marketing for this film. She is everywhere that yep. that um Timothy Chalamet is. And uh, she has probably like a total of seven minutes in total of uh, screen time. And a lot of it is just visions and dreams. Um, uh, yeah, I, completely under- exactly. I completely understand um, everyone's uh, frustration with that. We all love Zendaya. Um, and not just love her. She is talented. Like, look at her filmography. Yeah. She has, as far as Disney stars trying to separate themselves away from that uh, umbrella and become adults, she's done it the best way. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's done it the the best way. Um, <laughs> like I'm not trying to throw shots at like you know Miley Cyrus, but you know from Hannah Montana to a bit of a lull, and then coming back into uh, relevancy by appropriating black culture. She comes back in 2013 with her album, and it's all about twerking and smoking weed and rap and like rapping. Zendaya. You know, she just she made really smart moves from Euphoria to um, uh, Malcolm and Marie, a film I personally really enjoyed. It's one of those films uh, you only watch once because it's so emotionally draining and exhausting. Um, but 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 yeah, um, I, I I she she for me personally because I saw the original film, I know how much of a role she has in the future and the effect mm-hmm. that she's, she's she's she is an important character bro in part two she's gonna just, be all over part two yeah but she's just not yet <laughs> yeah just not yet not yet and we thought we were gonna get a lot of her um but yeah um let's talk about timothy chalamet um i have i know he has some haters you know he's a young man uh white boy uh chiseled face super skinny um is he really talented or is he just good looking I think Timothy Chalamet is talented. Uh, from um, this is the first movie I've seen him in. Okay, okay. Uh, what, what do you think of his performance? Um, I think he did a good job for the empty vessel. Yeah. Of a main character yeah. that I think he's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think he is supposed to be a reactive main character. He doesn't seem like the type to push the plot forward, rather to have the plot push him forward. Yeah, exactly. So I. Th- I think he did that just fine. Yeah. I have no complaints with his performance. I think the best actor in the movie is actually his mom. Yes. I Sorry. Think she, so sorry. Yeah. she fucking... I'll have to edit that later. Sorry. She's fucking... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at the she, voices, I'm like the audio, and like the spike. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah, no, she's fucking talented. She, She's easily the best actor in the film. Yeah. In my opinion. In she ha- her performance yeah. was amazing. Yeah. She she made me feel anxious whenever she was anxious. Yes. Like the scene where Paul is with the uh what is it the head mother? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the the high priestess and Ben Jesuit, yeah. High priestess exactly. And she's standing in front of the door and I'm like looking at her made me stress. She's like just pulling on her fingers, her hand her shoulders are you can see how tightly she has them like perked up the point where her shoulders are almost like 
her cheek level and she's hunched over she's muttering to herself she's pulling on random fingers and i'm like yo you need to relax lady but she's doing such a good job of showing you the uncomfortability of a mother who knows her son is taking a death test you know like yes and she's like muttering the teachings to herself to like convince her that this is okay yes and it's just like yo she did an amazing job amazing job yeah um amazing. rebecca ferguson i think the first time i saw her was in uh, the greatest showman um that 2017 musical with uh hugh jackman um she was phenomenal uh in this film she has i think she has the most to do as a as a character she yes is as we find out she's not married to uh duke later with treaties he says i should have married you but she's mm-hmm. they, they have a child together she was supposed to bear only daughters she she bore she bore a son and she loves her son unconditionally, but yep. she is a Benny Jesuit. She is a part of the organization who has her own agenda. But because of her her blood, her son has the ability to tap has has the power of the of the voice. Um, and you know, and the and the high priestess much to the head priestess hates. That. Yeah, she's like, oh, so she said, uh. Uh, such potential wasted on a male like that got an audible reaction from the audience they laughed at that i was like yeah <laughs> oh wow yeah um yeah no yeah like lady jessica she loves her son so much but she also has a responsibility to the benny Jesuit. so she's like you said she knows what could potentially happen to paul right now but if there's a slightest chance that he could be the zopnop panea i um, that's not what it's that's not what it's called um uh, in the first movie, the Fremen called him uh, Muad'Dib. And this movie, there's a, there's, a, mm-hmm. there's a different name for it. But yeah, there's the chosen one, the Messiah the, the Messiah character. Like, the, it's destiny, it's fate. Fear is the mind killer. Chosen one. Paul Atreides is... Yeah, so is this... Yeah. Dune is where fear is the mind killer comes from. Yes. Wow. That's crazy. Because yes. I've known about fear is the mind killer for my entire life. And I can't even tell you where, the, where I heard it the first time. I don't know. Oh, but there's a good chance I mean, something you saw was inspired by Dune. Um, oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely it was. Yeah. But Fear is the Mind Killer is something that when they said in the movie, I was like, is this where that comes from? Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. You know? So. Like, connecting the dots is just like, wow. Yeah. So uh, Lady Jessica was amazing. She's outside of the room. And yeah, she's twitching her finger. She's hyperventilating, telling herself. Fear is the mind killer. Performance. Uh, when she finds out her hu- her baby father, Duke Leto Trages, is dead, it's quiet, somber, but you know exactly what she's feeling. Like you say, sh- yeah. like you say, um, Sam, show, don't tell. Exactly. Don't tell us, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. Just yeah. let us know. You're a Benny Jesuit. You're a witch. You have senses. You can detect when your loved one is gone. And you, put your, and you just put your head in your, el- in, your, in your arms and you cry. You know, you don't, we don't need to know that you know by, by, by telling us, you know, yeah. acting, yeah. acting, theater. Um, but yeah. I'm an actor. In the, uh, I'm an actor. In the, uh, in the original film, Duncan Idaho dies fairly, fairly quick. Um, what I do mm-hmm. like about this new one, it is the first hour is, is like, you know, it's, it's, it is exposition, but it's character and relationships. In the first mm-hmm. original film, Shit hits the ground fairly quickly. Like the thing that that comes into the little needle poison drone that comes into um, Paul's room, that happens. I want to yeah. say almost thirty minutes into the original film, 
and the Harkonnens. Wow, yeah, okay. the Harkonnens show up and they that attack scene, very fast. That scene just happened. Um, actually, have it still open in my tab that I was watching it. That scene just happened for me, and I'm an hour in. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in the original Dune, it ends with finality because it kind of squeezes all the books together. So okay. Um, in this movie, he's like, "Oh, and I know you're pregnant." Uh, with, with a girl. In the original, we see the girl, Paul's sister. You know, they beat the Harkonnens. They get him off. You know, like, like they win in, in the end. Um, but yeah, I love that Denis Villeneuve is taking the time to do, like, these books are are like historically known to be hard to adapt, which is why no one has really yeah. done it since 1984. He, no I think, tried it. I think, um. People who read the books will still find issues, of course. Like, um, but but um, I do know that this is this is definitely the best representation. And the first, and this, this movie is like half of the first book. It's not even. Yeah, yeah. it's a uh, two thirds. Yeah, two thirds is what people are saying. Yeah, it's, about, it's a little over half. Yeah, like a little over half. So of the first book. there is so much more to do. Um, I love the sandworm. I love how it looked. I, I'm I am thinking of going to see it in IMAX just for. The Worm, and for Hans Zimmer's score. Um, I was, at first, a little taken aback by the fact that there was um, bagpipes in space. <laughs> okay. But, you know, yeah. you know the, yeah. like, like, like the, the theme for House Atreides. But when, it's, when, the shit, when shit hits the fan and the Harkonnens are attacking and Gurney Halleck voiced, uh, voiced played by uh, Josh Brolin, Thanos, um, yeah. uh, you know, he, 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 he's walking with, with his platoon, his squad, who aren't wearing armor. But they have, um, you know, their shields. Um, he takes out three uh, Harkonnen soldiers or three of the um, Sardagar soldiers. He looks back and says, "With me." And they're like, "Hell yeah, I'm with you, bro. You just, you just murk these guys." And then they're running, and you just get that swell of, of like, like an armada of, uh, of bagpipes, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, it is epic. Um, and I, I, I think I should try to see this in, in IMAX. Um, in my review, what I did say was a detriment to the film was the fact that it relied on a sequel. If it just ended yes, with them, exactly. If it yeah, just that's... ended with them walking into the desert, cut to black, and that's all we ever got. Yeah, the movie. A terrible film. Yeah, it would have been. That it wouldn't have been a payoff. Yeah, it, at all. That terrible ending would have ruined the movie, and Dune Part One would have been a, a yeah really bad movie because it ended poorly. It it ends literally the same way. Fellowship of the Ring ends with uh, Frodo and Sam continuing the, the mission, walking and cut to black. Yep. Yeah, and then and then uh, then two towers picks up, right where it ended. They're still walking. Um, that's how uh, that's how that's how Dune ends. Um, so for me, uh, I really liked Dune. I think for me, um, Jason Momoa and uh, sorry Duncan Idaho and uh, Lady Duncan Jessica Idaho. were the standouts for me. Um, I, I do want to quickly talk about uh, this little not there's no real rivalry I don't think between Timothy Chalamet and Tom Holland you know the whole Zendaya thing but like oh okay I didn't know this was a thing yeah like uh, me the tea <laughs> so Tom Holland you know a little you know this isn't I don't like to gossip anymore like I used to watch E! News now I don't I just want the professional stuff um, but yeah Tom Holland and Zendaya they are formally uh, officially together they are dating 
and They're very cute. And like yeah, them. and all of the press tour with uh, Zendaya and Timothy Chalamet, she's like completely like buddy, brother, bro stuff, like trying to keep it, you know, like chill, because mm-hmm. like. The, of course, they have chemistry. Um, they're gonna be like, if you know the story of Doom, Chani, like he's dreaming of her for a reason. Like, come on, yeah. come on, guys, uh, skinny, come on, like little white boy. Go <laughs> yeah. waking up shirtless in a cold sweat. <gasps> Fear of the mind killer, Chani. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I really am a big fan of Timothy Chalamet. He's great. I just feel like I have yet to see him truly transform himself as an actor. I have no idea who he is, but he has fucking awards and accolades. Yeah. He, I was like, wow, yeah, this kid's like, been working. This us. Dune is, like, Denis Villeneuve, he, he beautifully merged indie art house film with big, with big blockbuster. You get, the grand, you get the grand spectacle with these quiet, intimate character moments. And yeah. Timothy Chalamet, until Dune, he's only done these low-budget indies. He did... Um, Little Women, and he did um, uh, um, Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name. Uh, and he's, he, he's great. He can portray raw, honest emotion on screen, on camera. Mm-hmm. But Tom Holland, he's great too. And for a while, I'm like, man, like British actors really sometimes struggle with the American accent. Tom Holland's American accent is great. It's just that when he does it, it's always Peter Parker. Yes, and, he only yeah. has the Peter Parker voice in his Yeah, head. until I saw The Devil All the Time. And I'm yeah, like, he was good in that he, one. Tom Holland transforms himself. Like, he, he is a, he's a great actor. He, he can betray raw, honest emotion, but he can transform himself. It wasn't just the Peter Parker voice. It was rural, southern, like Midwestern, uh, you know, American and Work. and speaking of movies, you know, you watch once and never watch again. Yeah, Devil of Time. I highly recommend it. You watch it once. It's dark. It's depressing. Um, you know, uh, rural hick town. Um, uh, corrupt police. Corrupt pastors. Uh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. it's that movie. Literally, I like it. Yeah, but I know a lot of people won't like it because it's that entire movie is just about how people can twist Christianity into dark things. Yeah, all of the main characters are dealing with. Or they themselves are using the Bible to justify horrible things that they're doing. Absolutely. Delusions. Love it. Love it. This is the entire entire theme of the movie, which is just like, yeah, the Bible's great and all, but like it can literally be used as a fucking weapon. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Great film. uh, Timothy Chalamet, he's great. I would love to see him transform himself. I know he can. Um, and I really love Dune. I am very excited that, yes, part two is officially uh, greenlit. Before we move on, Sam, is there anything else you want to talk about uh, Dune? I think I said everything I want to say. Um, if I had to say one more thing about Dune. Oh. Although I did say how the ending would have been a terrible one by itself. Mm-hmm. It does have something that I really like in that final fight. Mm-hmm. Which is character who doesn't kill trapped in a death match where he has to kill Mm -hmm. and they characterize it in the show by having him be like i've killed you four times and everyone else being like nah nigga kill him like you you, like yeah you gotta kill him yeah Mm -hmm. 
I, I, I love that. I love when that shit happens. Yeah. So like, yeah, seeing because from what I've heard from the the books is that Paul is supposed to be a very cold person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna see more of his characterization in the next movie. But he's supposed to be cold and calculated. He is not your typical protagonist hero, if that makes sense. Yeah. He is. He loses him. He. We're gonna see him lose himself in the future. Uh, absolutely. He's. He's. Uh. He's about to embark on a really big transformation. Yeah. And while that is very cool, it also means, you know, he had to have his moment where he gets. There needs when a character goes berserk, there needs to be a trigger, you know. Mm-hmm. And so having him be trapped in this duel to the death, that is, to me, that that is his trigger. It's the beginning of it. And you see how competent he is in that fight where this guy that he's fighting, no one thinks he can beat him, right? Yeah. No one thinks they can beat him. Zendaya's character fucking just, like, as a pity, is like, yo, bro, you're about to die, but uh, take this, this, this is a pretty nice sword, you know? Take this dagger. It'll be an honor for you to die with it. Uh, in your hand um, <laughs> the, the guy you're gonna fight he's a good soldier he won't make you suffer mm-hmm. <laughs> he'll, he'll end it quickly like literally everyone was just like nah you are about to lose yeah sir. like you know but then he literally kills he gets him in the kill once yeah and he's like then they, they do, break do you yield yeah yield yield and then gets him in again and they're like is he toying, is he toying with him? with him and his mom's like no he just he, hasn't he, killed anyone he's never killed a guy before. Paul's never killed a person yeah. before yeah yeah, so I, I love that trope yeah. and stuff. It's hilarious. Where it's like, yes, he completely outskills his opponent, but he's unable to finish them off, so the fight just keeps going. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. What was that, what, cool. what was that thing uh, back in, uh, you know, Dune, Game of Thrones parallels? Um, you said always finish your meal or finish your plate. Always finish your plate. Yeah. That, that is a thing <laughs> that I'm stealing 100% from fighting games. Yeah. Uh, it is just a thing that has been said for a long time in fighting games where you'll see someone, they'll land a super and they'll get up and start cheering and then the person survives like a pixel of health yeah. and while the person is up celebrating, the other person just gets them in a combo and kills them instantly. Yeah. And it's like, why are you standing up for? Finish your, pl- finish your plate. Yeah. This is... Do the boasting yeah. after you see the KO. You know, like, don't, un- until you see that, there's no getting up. There's no cheering. There's no clapping. No, no, no. Finish your food. Yeah. You always got to finish your like, food. Like, if this is like a a court-ordered match to the death, death by combat, like, you know, uh, you, you know, whatever, so-and-so by combat, um, and, you know, you have to win, kill the person. Yeah. Yeah. Like, again, um, uh, the Viper versus um, uh, the, the Mountain. The mountain. My God! Like he, yeah, he was he was doing tricks and flips, and then because he he wanted to hear as the it's he let his he let his desire for what's the term that people always want when things end between people uh, closure yeah his desire of closure his desire of hearing the person who killed his sister admit it you know yeah took over his desire to actually win yeah. And, the, and, and then he, got his, he let his guard down. He assumed he won, and then he got popped like a fucking zit. Chair. Yeah, his head got popped like a zit. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that's that's funny that that's kind of what it reminded me of. Um, I I, yeah, I, I love sure. I love Denis Villeneuve, and he did um an amazing job with Dune. Um, uh, it's yep. it's probably movie. yeah, it's probably gonna be my favorite blockbuster film of the year, but my favorite mm-hmm. film like you know art house you know like 
drama is still um, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, Daniel Kaluuya playing Fred Hampton. Um, mm. Great. I have yet to see it. Can't comment. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about let's talk about Doom Patrol. Finally, this is uh, yeah. It's been on the docket for like almost a month, and we still like. Keep... Uh, we talked about it. We talked about it a little bit last time. Oh, we did. Okay. Yeah, we got a couple episodes. I think, I, the, I think only right. the first three. The first three, because it had just. I didn't know Blade Runner was on HBO. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We talked about the first three. Okay. And so give me one. So we have literally the rest of the season to talk about. Yeah. Oh, I am. My. And I, I'm so happy that uh, Titans is over. Season three of Titans. I like. I came home today and just watched Doom Patrol, and I was so happy. <laughs> yeah. It's the show is so good. It is so good, and it just it makes me sad because I too. Was someone who was like Doom Patrol, a DC series? Yuck! No thanks. <laughs> Ew, right? But turns out this is actually probably one of my favorite TV shows to come out in the last decade. Honestly, like, oh, it's so. Good. I love it. Like it's it, so it, good. It's the Doom Patrol for DC. Like you know, comic fans, not just DC fans, comic fans. It's a superhero yeah, team. Yeah, it's. It's like, I feel like Doom Patrol, unfortunately, for DC, Doom Patrol is their Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. It's weird. It doesn't give a fuck that it's weird. And it's going to keep being weird, whether you watch it or not. Yeah. And to me, that's just, it's, it's, did I not watch? Oh, I did. My mouse was hovering. Yeah. It's just, it's such a good show. It's such a good show. And... I honestly don't even know how to come in and talk about it because <sighs> this season has been weird. Mm-hmm. Actually, that, that's how I'm going to handle the season. In Doom Patrol season three, so far, up until the most recent episode, which is episode eight, the characters have come back from death, turned into zombies. Mm hmm. Went into the middle of the forest where they were greeted by fog and started tripping balls like crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they went to the afterlife and got to meet their parents mm-hmm. or their caretakers when they were kids. One of them is time traveling. The other one gave birth to a bug. <laughs> one of them is trying to manage their 64 personalities. One of them is trying to get rid of their cybernetic implants. Mm-hmm. The other one is a robot that's really just a brain trapped in a robot that's getting high on perkies. Yeah. Watching cam girls while playing browser video games. Yeah. And spending copious amounts. This show is so over the place, but it just make but it still makes sense. Yeah. Like it's still And this is why I love characters. This is this is basically the same segment, just letting people know. This is, I love characters because Doom Patrol is the perfect example of a show where what is actually happening doesn't fucking matter. It is about Cliff, Jane, Vic, Larry, and Rita. Rita, your favorite, your girl. I, I love Rita. She's great. Trying to solve and fix their shit. That's literally the show. Even when they're saving the world. Even when they're in the afterlife, even when they're watching their father shoot unicorns out the sky because his perfect afterlife is a world where he can just hunt mystic creatures and kill them. 
they are just trying to figure it out. Yeah. And I just, I love all of that. And it's like, because you've been with these characters for this journey, there are times where the episode ends and I really, I'll feel sad because of what I think is going to happen. Yeah. So like, for an example, when, when Rita goes back in time Mm -hmm. and she puts, she has her note in her pocket and she sits down and she goes through the time machine and when she gets out of the time machine, she looks at her, she takes the note out and she reads her, that, that the note and she thinks that her name is, um, what's the lady's name? Oh, uh, Maville, Deville? Yeah. Something like that. Deville. Yes, yes, exactly. She thinks she's Deville or, uh, Madame Rouge. Yeah, Madame Rouge. And, and it makes me sad <laughs> because it's like. Madame Rouge in the current timeline doesn't have her memories, thinks that she was an awful person, and it's like, oh my god, I can't believe I was such a bad person. I couldn't have been that bad. I feel like I'm good. Why do I why is everyone telling me I'm awful? So for me, what I felt was when she went back in time and she was like, Oh, my name is Deville. I was like, Oh God, is the reason that everyone thinks she's off Deville is awful is because Rita went back in time and was living as Deville and just because she's Rita, everyone just hated her, and that's why everyone hates Deville. I was like worried about that. Mm-hmm. That's what like in my heart because I was like, I know Rita. She would not be able to recover from that, right? Yeah. If it turns out that the entire reason that the entire world thinks someone else is a villain was simply because you were going by their name, that's devastating. Yeah. Like, that's devastating. So. I was worried about that because I, I genuinely just, I do care about these characters. I want nothing but the best for them. And God, I love this fucking show. Yeah. Like this latest episode, like the entire show, again, it breaks the mold. It's a superhero team who refuses to be a superhero team. Yep. They constantly mock it yeah. every time. Yeah, like I love how Jane is like, we're not. There's no mount matching uniforms. There's no, yeah, there's no combos. None of that. We're not that a shit. team. Yeah, we're, we're not even sucking. We're, we're not even superheroes. Don't call us superheroes. Like, stop saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. This this latest episode, they get separated from fuck me up from their like their what like so the their subconscious. Yeah. Yeah. And not just their subconscious. The like the the pivotal moment of their life, like. Well, the the moment that they it's the day they each of them had to experience or the day that they regret the most. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like kind of the beginning before before Niles, but like their personal issues because yeah, their own things that they created, like the problems that they themselves created for themselves. Yeah. So, um, well, not necessarily, but just or just moments in their life where something happens that set them down the wrong path. It's it's what something that happened that set them down the wrong path. Yeah, you know. Yeah, whether it's um, you know, um, Larry being gay and his conservative Christian mom is like, you have to do this. You have to marry a woman. It's righteous. It's the right thing to do. And and the current he goes along with yeah. That. And the current Larry, like at the end of the episode, they all have a moment to talk to their to their most shameful uh, moment. There's, yeah, the the memory of that that moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's just like, are you blaming me for not saying the right thing? Not at all, because if you didn't, like, I wouldn't be here today. But yeah. um, I want you to know, 
you do deserve love and the, like everything you've done is because you feel like you don't deserve love out of yeah yeah you know and like the most cathartic therapy session of all time where it's literally best. like there's no guesswork there's no therapist trying to interpret what you're trying to feel what you're feeling no literally your subconscious itself is telling you let go yeah let yourself be loved and love yeah. it's okay you are not you're not you're allowed to love Yes, you have a bad past. Yes, bad things have happened, but you are still allowed to love and be loved. But you need to let yourself do both of those things. Yeah, powerful shit, man. So powerful. The whole, the whole thing with Cliff. Oh my uh, god. Sorry, not Cliff. Well, yeah, Cliff was Cliff was just yeah, that was rough. But for me, the one that hit the hardest this episode was Vic. Yeah. I've gone on record saying it, maybe not on the podcast, but IRL for sure. I don't like Cyborg. I think he's a really good part of the show. I think he's necessary, mm -hmm. but I don't like him in this show. Yeah. However, in this episode, the message his subconscious said to him hit me like a fucking brick. Yeah. Because I was like, damn. Is, what's, what's that one meme that people post? I'm in this image and I don't like it. Yeah. Like, that message where... Because see, uh, and this is why I love this show so much, because when they went to his flashback, because you see everyone else's flashback, right? Mm -hmm. But then they go to Vic, cyborg, black guy. Yep. And it starts with like a racist moment happening. And I rolled my eyes. I literally was like, oh, my fucking God, is this going to be a he's like, I just wanted to find a black superhero. And in my head, I was like, oh, my God, is really this is it. This is why he's like this because he didn't have a black superhero. I didn't have a fucking black superhero. Like, what's going on here? And then it's like, no, complete, just complete swerve. No, yeah, it's like the black hero is why it happened. But the whole thing was that he was given a soldier to play with instead of a hero. Yeah. And then when his father, and which is a very good point, that is a very contested thing to say in the black community, where it's like, how much does our realism towards our kids how much does that affect them right mm -hmm. whereas parents and as adults you know like yeah all right like you gotta there's you, you can't live your life the same way as other people as a black person you can't yeah right but when you impart that on your kids and his dad's saying we don't get a chance to mess up we don't get and vic as a kid is someone who took that to heart and killed the child in himself yeah immediately killed the child in himself from that moment and now, when I see that, everything that I've been seeing up until this point from this character makes so much sense. Yeah. Like, you're not letting yourself be a person on per Like, because up at this time, I'm like, this guy not human? Does he not understand what these people are going through? And it's like, oh, it's because he doesn't let himself go through that shit. Yeah. Which, for me, it, it resonated because I'm like, yeah, I, I kill my emotions all the time. Yeah. And, like, um... Damn. And like, what was I gonna say? Like just, yeah. it was. Sorry, I, I'm gonna keep talking. Yeah, go ahead, while go you ahead. Figure that out. <laughs> like just the line of let yourself make mistakes. Yeah. Let, like to me that that hit me like that hit me like a, a ten ton hammer. Yeah. In the head, just the let yourself make mistakes. Let yourself not be perfect in the eyes of other people. Yeah. The fact that the almost like the second to last thing this his subconscious said before it disappeared was have fun. Yeah. Go do stuff. Let let yourself have fun. 
it hit me because I've been thinking. I'm like, yeah, I don't. I personally, I'm in this the same kind of position as uh, Vic, where it's. I, I have fun, obviously. Like Vic, obviously has fun when he can, but like it's not, core. It's not fun to his core. Like at the end of the day, he's still, I'm cyborg. Just like I'm like, oh, I'm Sam. And Sam has to do this. Sam has to be able to handle that. Yeah. X, Y, Z. So hearing that to me, I was like, fuck. That felt targeted as fuck to me. <laughs> and it's crazy because it's like the character that I like the least of the main cast is the one that resonated with me in the most. And that's, again, the strength of this fucking show. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, I, I can, that's what I wanted to say. I, um, what Vic goes through and like his catharsis, it, for me... Like the lesson he had to learn ties directly back to season one. He pull, he comes up on the scene and he wants to be in the Justice League. He's trying to prove himself. He's yep. he's like a hard ass to the, to the Doom Patrol. He's like, come on guys, like let's do this. Let's, let's let's like he's he's the opposite of Jane. He's like we can be a team. We can prove ourselves to be. We can do. We can do. He's the opposite of all of them. Yeah. Like yeah. Like none of them are about that that team superhero all stuff. Of them. Larry wants to wallow in self-pity and garden plants. Yeah. Cliff just wants to sit in his room with his race cars and reminisce about the glory days. Yeah. Jane is Jane. Yeah. Rita doesn't want to go back outside into the world because she, one, hates herself, and two, she's afraid of how others would view her yeah. as this blob woman. Yeah. You know? Like, none of them want to be in the spotlight. None of them want to be heroes, but they're hanging out with this guy who's constantly trying to get them to save the fucking world. Yeah. You know, and it's oh God, yeah. yeah like he's he's on a massive ego trip in season one. Like, like he every like he's kind of using them to prove himself worthy of the Justice League, and it's it's kind of it's kind of funny. But um, yeah, I kind of I kind of agree with you. Um, huh? It's also kind of sad, you know. Yeah, because it's like imp- it's implied that he has worked with them bef- the Justice League before. Yeah. It's kind of implied because it's like they 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 mention that he does know Batman yeah. and stuff like that, but it's just he's not an official member of the Justice League yet. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and like I said um, before, I think in person um, or maybe just on another pod, um, he's not my favorite iteration of the character Cyborg, and I love the character of Cyborg because of the um, animated Teen Titans show that I grew up loving. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, I have a hot take. Uh, well, probably not the hot take. Not every version of Cyborg has to say booyah. You you can And that's what you can that is what I love about this show is that we go I don't know if you know, we went two seasons without him saying booha ironically. Yeah. Or sorry, unironically. Yeah. Season season three is the first time he says booyah unironically. Season one, people were like like, he would blow something up, and one of them, Cliff, I think, Cliff looks at him, he's like, uh, aren't you going to say the thing? He's like, what the? He's like, you know, you know you're, you're, booyah. You're, and he's just like, I don't always say booyah. And it's just like, I, I, that's why this show to me is great. Like, it, it knows what it is. Yes. It doesn't, it's not afraid to be what it is. Yes. And it's, it's, but it's still giving a unique twist on it. But just, oh, yeah, exactly. But I agree. Yeah, Cyborg does not need to be tied down to Booyah. Yeah. And it's also why when he does say it in season three, you're like, oh, shit, this is a really good moment for him because he goes, Booyah. And he just says it. No one's around. No one's looking. He just says it. And it's like it helps the scene because of the way they treated that phrase up until that point. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
God, I fucking love this show. But yeah, I love this um, show so much. So yeah, this this season three, um, it's the Brotherhood of no, sorry, yeah, no, what is it? This, the Brotherhood of Evil. The Brotherhood of Evil, and uh, and yeah, you know, there's Madame Rouge is coming into her own. She's she has she's remembered who she who she uh, who she is, and what her mission was. The whole da uh, da thing and like yeah, weaponizing uh, meta humans. Is that what she's doing? Yeah, yeah, she her job was working for the Bureau of Normalcy to decide what to do with metahumans that they've captured. Yeah, you know, and at the time it was like during the Cold War, so she was just basically turning them all as weapons, and the ones that weren't fit to be weapons, she was just like, okay, well, discard them. This uh, they they can work as office staff, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, it was really great to see like Rita come into her own. I really like seeing her in that lead in that leadership role um Mm -hmm. because she always kind of seems kind of a little timid you know she's like her her strength is in her craft which is acting um Mm -hmm. i love the conversation this episode where um uh madame rouge is like art is bullshit it's just um something that you um suckle towards um to to avoid the 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 real world and rita is like art saved my life bitch you better yeah (laughs) you better cut watch your fucking mouth (laughs) watch your fucking mouth (laughs) Mm-hmm. They would come correct. I was like, "Yes, Rita, art did save my life. You are right." Um, but yeah, uh, it, it 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 all it it all was very emotional. But I think I broke when Jane broke. It's her, it's her time to have the uh, catharsis, and mm. and uh, little K, I think that's yes. yeah. Is like I hate K. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, the poor poor little girl. Um, yeah, but I, I exactly. It's like I, I understand it. Yeah, right. She's a kid. But it's like, it's how do I put it? I spend more time with Jane than Kay, mm-hmm. so I like Jane more than I like Kay, just because I know Jane, you know. And what Kay went through was awful, terrible. I will never hold that against her at all, because what she did go through is awful. But it's like, I feel so... Cause because you see Jane having to try and hold everything together by herself, right? It it just makes me feel so bad for Jane. Because Jane is literally a, an entity created to do something that does not benefit her at all. Mm-hmm. And Jane is constantly shown to be one of the only personalities who's literally looking out for the best of K All the time. All the time. So, and it's just like hearing yeah. her do all that and hearing it's like the one person that you are literally putting everything up for tell you, I hate you and I hope you die. Yeah, I want you to die. It's like, fuck. Yeah, so like when she breaks and like is begging her no, no, no and like tears down the, the fort and the rest of the guys kind of slowly back out while mm-hmm. trying to avoid getting hit. They give her a space. When 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 she first started, you know, wiling out, I thought they were gonna try to con, like console her, like hold her down or something. Yeah. But um, like I think they both they all realized, you know what? Let her. Because let her do this. they're the, it's as fucked as it sounds. It, this is why I hate this, but I love this is why I love the show, but I hate this. But because for the rest of them, their subconscious disappeared. Right? 
their subconscious is their for the rest of them their subconscious is their subconscious but in jane's case technically jane is the subconscious it's k's body yeah it's k's brain Mm -hmm. jane is just the personality she created to pilot it because she is not ready to be in the world so while the rest of them got catharsis because it was like oh your subconscious which is your true self is talking to you they're like oh cool catharsis like even though cliff and his him cliff and himself they did it in their own way where it ended in them being like fuck you fuck you but because the bird showed up it means they understood what was happening but with jane jane was the opposite where jane is the situation where the real self is telling the subconscious construct to fuck off and die she's the only one who didn't have catharsis she's the only one because technically jane is a fragment of a person and k is the k is cliff k is larry k is um vic k is the person not jane yeah so jane is the one who got told to fuck off and so she didn't get the the catharsis exactly and it's like fuck fuck it's, and so it's yeah they, they let her they let her go because Jane has expected in the past, she has ex- sorry expressed in the past that she does not like to be touched. And as her friend, they all understand that and they just let her be because she does not like to be touched. You know, it's that simple. Yeah. And it's just, but that simplicity is shows the level of their friendship where it's able to be like, yes, I know what people quote unquote should do in this situation, but because I know who you are, I know what is best to do in this situation. Yeah. You know. Because them touching her would have just made it worse. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, this last episode. Such a good fucking was, show. It's Such it's an amazing show. show. Um, to, 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 I want to end on a slightly higher note sure. when it comes to this show. And I'll end it on this, if anyone, the, to the people who've made it here. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> and I have this to say. If you're curious about Doom Patrol after what we've said here's what i want you guys to check out there's a moment to give you an idea about how quick not quickly but how this show really can infect your brain and you will start to think and operate on the same level of everyone else in the show because you also get so used to the crazy bullshit in this show Mm -hmm. is my favorite scene my favorite comedy scene this season right larry gives birth to a fucking space maggot yeah He's in his room. He's freaking out. He's like, what the fuck is that? What is, what's going on? <sighs> DeVille comes in. Or she peeks through the little radioactive window Larry has on his room, right? And she goes, what the hell is that? And he's like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I threw it up. And she's like, is it alive? And he touches it and it moves. And he's like, yeah, yeah it's alive. And she's like, well, then you know what you have to do. And there's a pause. And in my head, I thought something. And in Larry's head, he thought something. <laughs> and he leans in and he goes, in complete sincerity, he goes, name it? <laughs> and her reaction is, what? The, what? <laughs> na- na- burn it. What? Name it. And she literally walks off because she's so like, why would you even think that? Yeah. Like, who throws up a space maggot and goes, I should probably name this. She's like, you burn it, burn it, burn it, burn, name it. What? 
Why would you think I'm done? I'm <laughs> like, but the thing is that these characters have been through so much bullshit that yeah, I'm gonna name my space maggot. I'm gonna name it. Oh yeah. And then you see this, and then the fucking rest of the season of him fucking wrapping it up in like a blanket when he was thought he was gonna abandon it, and then after this episode he goes to pick it back up and he's like i'm sorry bud and i'm just like oh i love larry's i love larry larry's awesome yeah i love larry i love rita i love them all i love larry lita rita chris cliff i'm fucking up my r's (laughs) jane vic i love all of them so much they're such it just it's these characters feel alive they feel like actual people yes they fuck up they're awful they're not good for TV. You know, like... They have trauma. And they're not ignoring it. Like, the entire show is dealing with that trauma. Dealing with... And every yeah. time they do try to ignore it, they get punished for it. Absolutely. Or they punish themselves for trying to ignore it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really loved... Um, we're almost done, but I really loved Cliff's catharsis moment. Like, a spoiler alert, in, in season three, there's a... I think he has Parkinson's. Uh, no, he one hundred percent, and he and he and is dying. He's dying. He he's a robot, and he's still having this issue that. Well, I guess it's it's a brain issue, not not necessarily. Yeah, because ex- uh, it, yeah. ex- your brain is the control center. Yes. So, if you're a, a disease like Parkinson's would work if you're a robot because your brain is still controlling those parts of the robot. Yeah. So it's still sending the faulty signals to those parts even if they are metal because it's still your brain it's a brain disease it's a neural neurological disease you know absolutely so like you know he's he's trembling while trying to hold his granddaughter and just taking grandson grandson sorry and he's just taking so many uh uh per- percocets he's taking perkies yeah taking more than he needs to uh he's you know he, like his subconscious calls him out you're doing the same thing you did when you when you were younger before your accident like yep. you are leaving your responsibilities in the car and you're just blowing it all on drugs and women anything that can make you feel special anything that makes you feel like a king like yep. you are repeating these mistakes fam yep. and 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 now and then there's just yeah. the question of like is it worth it is it worth it with with no answer it's like no fucking answer me is it worth it oh fuck you fuck you fuck you and that's the end of the conversation but it's not the end of the conversation because fuck you for cliff is yes uh, is no yeah. fuck you means you're right i don't like that you're right but you're right yeah. and the only thing i can say to you is fuck you yeah which is why it goes fuck you fuck you fuck you and then the bird lands and then his his fucking subconscious goes <laughs> fucking really like and then he just disappears because yeah. it's just like that was it he's like oh yeah, he gets it. You, I, he knows that you get it. Like, yeah, yeah. Wow, this show is fucking amazing. Yeah. Man. I'm so happy. And I only, I only started watching it because, uh, again, someone connected to that Cosmot channel I mentioned before. Uh, she's one of their. I, she's one of the members of the show. I think she's an editor or something. I don't know. She's been in a couple videos as well. But she literally, tweet, like, I follow her on Twitter, and she just tweeted out, like, "Oh my God, Doom Patrol!" Like, six months ago, and I was like. Okay, if Meg is willing to give it a try, maybe I should watch Doom Patrol. Yeah. And if it's and like did. the polar opposite of Titans, where uh, the characters feel real, the situations feel real, the the dialogue is is natural, it's not gratuitous, it, it's it's 
consistent for the characters. It's it's brilliant. I I love yeah. I love Doom Patrol. Uh, it's and, so uh, it's so good. And at the last DC Fandom, which is like DC's Comic Con, where they kind of or not Comic Con, but you know um. Uh, you know, there's Star Wars Celebration, and there's uh, and there's D23, and there's Comic Con. Like it's their press, their big this, press. Yeah, con. yeah, exactly. Thank you, Sam. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we are getting season four of uh, Doom Patrol. So, of course, yeah, yeah. It, it literally episode one, episode one, two, and three came out, and it already got renewed. Like, yeah. So, um, very excited about that. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see. The Brotherhood of Evil, like I love the brain. I love uh, Mr. Amala as characters. Um, again, mm-hmm. the animated Teen Titans show. I don't know if we'll see them in action. I think we will eventually. There, you know, but um, but but we'll but uh, we, we will see. We will see. Um, I'm definitely gonna tune in every Thursday. Hell yeah! Why would I not? Why would I not? Why would you not? Um, but yeah, I think uh that was our uh, Dune Patrol episode, Sam. Yeah, yeah. I I love Doom Patrol. I could talk about it forever. Yeah, there's just so many moments, so many things. Yeah, great show. Everyone should watch it. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, I love. It's really yeah. awesome. I I love Dune Patrol. Dune Patrol has been a pretty good ride. <laughs> yeah. But man, my pho is getting cold, so I'm gonna have to go and all right reheat go this eat, up in a pot. Go eat your soup. It smells good. And, uh, we'll smells we'll good. see y'all later. All right, man. Y'all y'all be easy. It is what it is.